Before we begin, a reminder that nothing on this podcast is intended as a statement of faith, doctrine, or fellowship, and this podcast is not affiliated with any church, school, or calling body. What's up, gents? My name is Charlie Ungemach, and you are listening to an episode of the Gird Up Broadcast. Now, the dudes are going to join me in just a minute, and we got a lot of great content coming your way. But before we do that, I just want to say thank you to all those who help support the Gird Up Project here. All of our content at Gird Up is available free to anyone anywhere in the world who might benefit from our message, and we want to keep it that way. But we also have to rely then upon the contributions of our listeners to do so. You'll never see any paywalls or exclusive content here at Gird Up. That being said, it does cost us money to put a show like this together. So if you find what we're doing here valuable and you enjoy the broadcast and you're willing and able to do so, please go to www.girdupministries.com, click on the menu, and select buy us a cup of coffee. That $5 donation goes a long way towards keeping this podcast going and helps us reach and minister to many more men just like you. Hope you enjoy the broadcast today. Let's get to it. Dude, I know. I was thinking uh, the same so thing. I was thinking okay. the same thing. You are yeah. listening to the Gird Up Brocast. Today we've got Gustav once. What's up, Gustav? Oh, uh, you know, out here. Ah, oh, man, that felt weird. Yeah. I'm here. I'm sitting you here. You are here. You're sitting here. And we got Connor Herter. Thanks for having me back. We're in the Michigan, bravely wearing the Michigan Wolverines sweatshirt. I will always support Michigan. Yeah. I'll be honest, I haven't worn a lot of badges stuff lately, but I'm a government teacher in yeah. high school. I was a big Michigan guy. Really? Yeah. And it was super weird. They were, ha, you got, ha, I was still amazed you guys lost to TCU. How embarrassing is it that they lost to TCU and then TCU got smacked the way they did by Georgia? It's not embarrassing seen so much as it's just like as a Michigan fan as a general Michigan sports fan including the Lions like I've come to expect not to expect a lot from my team so the fact that Michigan did so well this year is what I'm going to continue to champion (laughs) and I look to next year as we have seven uh seven starters returning this upcoming year which is Mm -hmm. fantastic considering any number of them could have gone to the draft this year so yeah, I do well, love Jim Harbaugh. As much as I, I hate Michigan, yeah. I do love Jim He's Harbaugh. He's a good coach. Well, Georgia was in a different league this year, period, honestly. Like, oh, nobody, yeah, they were. Nobody was they smacked us last uh, year, I think, too. I think Ohio State had the best chance of – like, Michigan was a better team than Ohio State, but I think uh, I think Ohio State probably matched up better with Georgia. And, I mean, it was a good game, but Georgia didn't play particularly well against Ohio State either. I had high hopes so, of getting to spank Ohio State in the national championship. That would have been awesome. It would have been nice to beat them awesome. as a rival. And, and I, think the national again, I think you would have. I think we would have too, yeah. If you played well. But they had no shot. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, anyway. we've got these two guys over here. <laughs> Go ahead and introduce yourselves. Tell us who you are. All right, well, I'm Cameron Salisley, uh, mm. junior at MLC, and just happy to be with the guys here invited on this podcast and he has red hair and beautiful green eyes beautiful green well, eyes. thank you Gus. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh my name's nathan pausmo i'm also a junior in a pre-seminary track at martin luther college and give us a little bit more on you guys like where are you from what are you into i Can we go ahead? am from redwood falls my dad is a pastor mom is a teacher um grew up most of my life in rapid city south dakota which is really beautiful out there with the black hills not as much snow as Minnesota, so also a slight plus. <laughs> but uh, 
I like to play guitar, do sports on campus as well, like track and cross country and and involved that way. So a guy like you that loves to run, um, what do you do this time of year? Do you go outside <laughs> and run? Do you, okay. you run on a treadmill? What do you do? Because so, I thought, like, there's no way I could survive running around on the ice that's out there right now. Cross-country ski, is that, is that a... Some of the guys do that. I do not mm. do that. Maybe I should. I don't know. You just take the winter as off season? No, <laughs> I don't. Um, There's no off season. I, run <laughs> I mainly spend the winter. I do run outside most of the time, except last week. Last week was just awful for conditions. The whole state was just icy, so nowhere to run. Yeah. I stayed inside last week. <laughs> nowhere to work. Well, it's still nowhere terrible out there. Like, there's, it's just, I mean, you were, Connor, you were digging around on the sidewalk earlier. Yeah, right? your like, door wasn't ice. opening up the whole way. It's just way. all, <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and you just dealt with it the whole week. You didn't... Yeah, well, I mean, when it's just me coming through the door. Three seconds so. of scratching at it. <laughs> yeah, hey, yeah, I fit through the door just fine. It was opening wide enough for me. All right, fair enough. You're right. That does say a lot. That does say a lot. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> All right, and then, Pausman, what, what are you up to these days? Um, I mean, I play soccer at MLC, so lots mm. of soccer. And I'm also in track, so doing running things and all that, yeah. Sweet. And so then, um, do you guys still play, like, uh, indoor soccer and all that kind of stuff over the like over the winter or no? Yeah, so with the... With oh, the with the Betty, Betty now. Yeah, with nice. the Betty, we, we do it, like, a couple times a week, so that's a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. All right. It's I like tried huge. it once. It didn't go well. <laughs> <laughs> you played this time. <laughs> I, just, I, I remember the, they used to play in a, like on the stage, they would, and they would uh, they would play futsal on the stage, yeah. and they would whip that ball around sometimes. That's all we used to do. So, That's oh, yeah. so bad for your knees, though. Is oh, it? My, my dad broke his hand playing indoor soccer Ouch. at MLC. <laughs> ah. All right. Yeah, I've said it once, and I've said it to you guys, and now I'll say it to the world, but Pausma <laughs> is by far the most Greek-looking Student. You know, I yeah, you do yeah, look. Definitely you do look, especially that he's got <laughs> his like head a Greek in, god. He's this got is his a picture of Achilles that I'm showing the guys. Here. So if you want to know what Pausma looks like, just Google Achilles. Just look up a picture of not 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 uh, uh, Brad Pitt though. Yeah, yeah. not like not the real the Achilles. Pitt. Yeah, the statue yeah. of Achilles. Yeah. All right, yeah. shout outs and thank yous today. What do we got? Let's start with thank yous. Nothing to be thankful for. Bingo. What? Oh, I can start. I didn't know. Here we go. Here we go. I, I've been going through some different, different things, and so having friends around me that I can bounce stuff off and talk to has just been super helpful, super awesome. So I'm really thankful for all of them and for my family too. Yeah, any friends in specific? Like anybody you want to shout out? Cameron is one of them. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I mean, That's all right. yeah, lots of guys at MLC there are really helpful. So yeah, no, I. Exp- uh, <laughs> that's one probably the biggest blessing for me over the, like being back at MLC is that network of guys uh, that I was able to to lean on really hard, especially like the winter time. Like this just time of year, I hate it. I just I, that's why I, that's why our top three today is why how to make winter less miserable. I hate this time of year, so it's yeah, nice it's to be, like every day yeah. go get at lunch with the guys and yeah, yeah, yeah. there guys in the fitness center and all that kind of stuff. Like there's just always guys around. And then lots of relationships with all mm. of them. So, yeah, uh, yeah. I've got. A, I'll throw a thank you out to uh, my. Oh boy, to the freshman guys on our floor, uh, first floor Concord. If you guys are listening, woo. thanks for. Yeah, woo. <laughs> yeah, Pausma and I are both uh, RAs on first floor Concord. 
Uh, so yeah. They're just going nuts right now. There's no rules. There's no nothing. Well, well no. they, can, they can do whatever they want this semester. I'm not on duty. So. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I guess. That's uh, all on him. But no, they uh, did a good. Uh, the ones that did participate did a great job of helping me get a skit put together for the talent show. So Did yours get in? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, Look at that. Oh, my gosh. I'm ours did right. not get in. We made a cross. You know. We made a cross country skit. So good, like we did for so the good. fall yeah. talent show. Mm-hmm. Ours didn't get in. See, I like so. to think that part of what got my skit into the talent show this this semester was because I had a lot of name brand faces in it. <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, no. Nah, thank you to the freshman guys that helped out with that. So, I'm gonna say thank you to Professor Thompson. <clears throat> Excuse me. I've been really enjoying his philosophy class mm-hmm. and just the entirety of his class and sitting in class with him is, is a unique experience because anytime you think you have the right answer, he's brilliant at explaining why you're wrong. And I think that's a good thing because, I don't know, it forces you to think harder about arguments that you're going to make. It's also fun to like be talking about the, Soc- the Socratic method and then he's using the Socratic method on you while yeah. he's teaching you the Socratic Fantastic. method. And it's like layers on layers of philosophy, and it's wonderful. Yeah, I'm excited for oh, that boy. class. Uh, he's one of, he's I one think of the it should be required. I've ever seen. No, it is I think required. It's, of everybody. It Teacher oh, track, too. Oh, okay. yeah. I think it's, it's not required an easy class, but it's a lot yeah. of fun. I, it, I, I think I'm getting more. This is. I'm not going to say I'm getting more out of it than I am out of the, the like the uh, uh, actual like Bible study classes. Mm. Um, but it's such a different thing than that. So as yeah. far as, uh, except for like the language courses, I'm getting more out of this than I'm getting out of it. I think I've gotten, gotten out of any other college level course, including like uh, IPC, uh, interpersonal communication and yeah. like the preaching classes and stuff. Those were all great. But this one, I, we're only five or six class periods in and it's all, probably four yeah. class periods that, in yeah. and it's already probably my favorite course of all time. You just, you forget like, I think in, in modern America, like, philosophy is not something that's talked about. And if it is, it's, it's done in more of a joking way or in a way to win an argument. But you forget that for most of history, like, people have been asking these questions considering our existence, our place in the universe. And to see multiple very intelligent people over history struggle with that question and kind of feeling not superior, but, like, you've got a, a, a peek into the wizard behind the curtain kind of the like we've got the answer already because of our faith. And so it, to me, it's always interesting to, to look at what people have to say and what they have to say about life and, and the meaning of it. Yeah, and I know from time to time somebody will say, like especially if you're reading a book of the class, Ecclesiastes or whatever. Ecclesiastes. That one's apocryphal. Ecclesiastes. Um, yeah, but like people will say, like, oh, it's a little dangerous or like it's a little scary or whatever the word you want, you want to use is um, when you start diving into philosophy because it starts to make you question things. But I love that. Like I thrive on that, and I, I get really excited about it. Yeah. And it's really good and really cool too to see some guys that you can. This isn't bashing anybody. Like you can kind of tell they haven't really thought about any of this stuff before, and their minds are just being blown. And they're like their eyes are this big, and they're just like sitting there with their jaws open. Yeah, in class. And here's, here's what I'll say. Like in my mind, I think the only other courses that have put dudes in those similar situations have been Kelpine with Ancient Near East. Hmm. Just because you're going through like all those ancient mythical writings that mm-hmm. are from that same around the same period as the Bible, right? And then also like even the Rise of the West, he brings up a bunch of that kind of stuff. I mean, it's not to the extent, obviously, no, but, I have but it's Thompson, an introduction. I have Thompson for Rise of the West yeah, this yeah, semester, yeah. and so it's interesting. It's a much easier course compared to 
the philosophy course. But, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. But it's like, well, that's the introduction. Just wait till you take like, you know? uh, action first Corinthians with Frederick, though. Like, every second of the entire class, your jaw is just on the floor. And yeah. there are times where, like, you realize at the end of class, you didn't take any notes and you never raised your hand and you still paid attention for every <laughs> single second. And then yeah. it gets to 50 minutes and you're like, I don't want to go. <laughs> class is over. Which is also minutes. something. Yeah. I, yeah, it's never over at 50 Hey, Charlie, minutes. what are you thankful for, buddy? Uh, I'm thankful for this house. Like, I, I uh, put in, I, well, thankful for Tom. The landlord, I, they give me they give me this house for a song, and it's as much as I complain about it, it is a great spot. Um, one of the dudes that came over last week just walked around and came and sat down at the table and said, "Hey, it's like a it's like a man cave except it's the whole house." That's <laughs> <laughs> what so it's like being a bachelor, yeah. Um, but it is it is a great spot to be. It's a good spot to live, and we've got space for a studio and all that kind of stuff too. So um, it's been it's a tremendous value, and it's more of a blessing than I think I've realized for most of the time that I've lived here. So, yeah. Yeah, thanks to Tom. How about shout-outs? Oh, oh, yeah. sorry, Camden, go yeah, ahead. I was going to say thanks to Pastor Gunther and St. John's Congregation. Yeah. I did the readings this morning, and it's a fantastic job. It's it sounded wonderful. Cool experience. Wonderful. You're thanks, pastor track or teacher track? Pastor, pastor track. track. Okay, yeah. for sure. Yep. So right track. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he says boy. as he makes oh, eye contact with go. the former teacher. Uh, all right. Well, but you're back. Oh, what? I am back. Yeah. No, you're. You've got a point there. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Our shout out. Speaking of right, I'll go to my uh, shout out. It's Righteous Glass. Um, it's spelt with a W though. It's their last name. Uh, it's uh, Pastor Wait, what? How do you Righteous sp- Righteous Glass. W R I. G H T E O U S glass. Trying to figure out where you put a W in that word. Right. So their last name is Wright. So it's Pastor and Mrs. Wright. And he's a pastor in Mansfield, Ohio. And they started making glass during COVID just as something to do. And now they're selling it. And they're doing like religious pieces and stuff. And it's super cool. So yeah, that's my shout out. I cannot spell righteous. Yeah, it's with a W at the beginning. Right? I figured that out. All right. Well, well you, while you guys figure that out, I'm going to shout out to uh, Vogel for mm-hmm. letting me stay inside Vogel. this last week. I probably yeah. would have slipped every single day if I went outside. Yeah. And so, yeah. Also, it's, it's gotten me into swimming, too. So, that's mm. good. Yo, I've never really swam before either. And I started doing that last year around this time again. Yeah. And it's just like once a week, just going for a swim mm-hmm. instead of. It's really nice on the joints. And uh, it's also kind of fun to just do something different. So yeah, yeah. that's good. As long as Sweet. you have goggles. Yeah, I also found out this last oh, week. Yeah, yeah. Yep. mine are coming via Amazon. It's, it's yeah, they're only like ten dollars at Walmart yeah. too. Yeah, definitely, this definitely stuff is goggles. Awesome. Wow. Um, for my shout out this week, I'm going to shout out the MLC uh, snow 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 removal crew. <laughs> <laughs> um, despite the half an inch of ice that's been blanketing most of the campus this year uh, i do appreciate not having to trudge my way through a foot of snow that's built up everywhere else on campus except for the pathways mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah and <laughs> and even the parking lot's not great although there's not much you can do about it yeah. as soon as you get on actual sidewalks always clear fantastic always clean so yeah i'm amazed by our maintenance crew and mm-hmm. snow crew. yeah, yeah. i think gus and my shout out's the job. same thing so camden you got a shout out just went. oh you just went oh shoot yeah, okay yeah. Yeah. so Shout out to the girls that bought us McDonald's last yeah. night. So last night. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Story time. So last night we were working at uh, the Star Keller Sour Brewery of Shells, 
and they had a warehouse bash. So what was the band that they had in there? The I, Blue Ringers. The Blue Ringers. And quite honestly, they did a fantastic job. So, I mean, if you're looking for a good concert, like, yeah, Blue Ringers. In Look southern Minnesota. In so, yeah, in, in southern Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so we're, we were the uh, security guards. We were taking tickets and whatnot, doing the whole spizzle. And uh, at the end of the party, you know, we're keeping people from taking drinks outside and stuff and letting them... Okay. And just, you know, so general socializing. And this one gal came up and said, hey, we have a bet going on right now. And they were doing a bet on our, on our ages, apparently. And uh, she won, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, because of that, we said, hey, well, there's a fee. Like, we get something, right? Because we were part of yeah. this situation. To which, of course, she said no. Yeah. So I said, well, hey, then we got to go the other way around now. Let's guess your ages. Yep. So uh, we both guessed, and I guessed right. And she's like, well, so what do you want from McDonald's? And uh, <laughs> so well, we no, both... she was like, we're going to McDonald's. And we're like, well, you're getting us some, right? And then, yeah. And, uh, but yeah. And then we honestly thought they weren't going to. And then they rolled back up. Yeah. And then, yeah. Nice. So shout out to... Uh, the McDouble gal. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out, to, shout out to the girls for the McDoubles. It was clutch. And yeah. they were great. It was fantastic. And they also put some sort of, they put like Big Mac sauce so on it or whatever. Way, yeah. What did she so do? So they made them like a Big Mac. So what that means is you do no ketchup, no mustard, add lettuce, add Mac sauce on a McDouble. It's delicious. I didn't know you could do that. Respectable. Yeah. It's a thing. So anyway, yeah. Shout out. And there you go. Sweet. Uh, also, yeah. Everybody should check out that Righteous Glass stuff they have some amazing cool things stuff, on here yeah. oh snap they do different colors of that one that's cool <laughs> all right well we'll put a link for them down below yeah um so if you want to if you want to find out what we're looking at online right now that uh, righteous glass we'll put a link down in the show notes below question of the week this week is well first of all if you want your own question answered um, on the podcast, go ahead and shoot it to me. All the contact information is down below. Do it on, um, you can do it on social media or just email me. Reach out to the website, whatever you like to do. Um, but if you have a question you want us to talk about or an issue that you want us to talk about, go ahead and send it to us, um, and we will consider it. But our question of the week this week is: You talk a lot on a podcast about how important it is to have friends, and I've read in books how important it is to have close friendships, but I don't seem to have any close friends. I have people that I know and hang out with sometimes, but I don't have any close relationships with other guys. What should I do? Uh, I think there are hermits. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I think uh, the first thing that's important to realize is uh, the first thing I think you should do if you're looking to, to start making friends is realize what kind of personality you have. So one way to do that, we talked about um, IPC earlier uh, in the class, and that class forced me to take a personality test, and I learned that I'm an extreme extrovert. Not that I was surprised really? by wow. that. Charlie, you have the same personality I do. Uh, like I'm no, I'm introverted, like you are, big time. You're introverted. introvert. I, that's I, why I, I live alone. Very hard to believe. <laughs> yeah, but I get so tired of people. Half the reason I ever go out is because Gus comes in here and drains me physically that's, from the house. Well, that's sometimes I, how it's measured is if you right. I get love drained by people. people or if it I love you. people, but I get worn out. Like after I work at Shells for the afternoon, like after all those tours, I have to come home and just yeah, chill. I'm, I'm extreme extrovert, so like I can't stand in line at McDonald's without turning around to the person next <laughs> to me and being like, so what do you do for a living? Where are you from? What's your name? You know, tell me your life story. Yeah. Hmm. But you should start by figuring out your personality, and that's going to help you better – approach situations where you want to make friends. And the second thing I would recommend is 
listen more than you talk. And that might be more for me as an extrovert, reminding myself that I need to listen to. As an introvert, you might be saying, rather than listening more, how can I prompt questions that's going to force this person to talk to me or answer my questions? And therein's the point that I would lean more on is the ask prompting questions. Like, be good at asking questions, ones that further a conversation, get you to know people better, Mm -hmm. ones that encourage that relationship to grow. And, like, I guess the only thing that I don't like about the whole point of listening, like, although it is very important, Mm -hmm. I think most of the time, like, growing up, that's kind of a negative thing. You know what I mean? It's like... You need to listen more. Like that. That's that's. Yeah. You, you see what? Yeah. Mm. I mean, that's kind of what comes to mind whenever I hear try and be more of a listener. So I think honestly, it's like yeah, do the listening, but then also learn how to keep the conversation moving. Yeah. Right. So another thing is to a lot of people just ask the question in passing. You know, how are you doing? Good. How are you doing? Good. Mm-hmm. You know, that's all that happens. Mm-hmm. And if you answer that question, uh, quite honestly, um. Just how you're doing? Well, I got a test coming up, not feeling too good about it, or you know, this happened last night. You can learn more about that person, and that's the start of a sure. further friendship. And yeah. you can do that on the asking side too. You know, like don't take good like right. <laughs> for an yeah. answer every yeah. time. Like, how you doing? Yeah, doing good. Like you can pause and like look somebody in the eye and go, well, seriously, how you doing, man? Yeah. And they usually will answer. You know, they might take a deep breath. Or whatever, or if they're in a hurry, they might not answer. But so you know. that yeah, see, that was gonna. That's the next question I had. So when and again, this is just a point of interpretation on my part because I think most people, and it could just and again, it could just be me. But whenever I hear no, like answer the question, like how are you doing? <laughs> I'm like thinking of myself walking down the sidewalk, going back to Concord to like grab some books or yeah. something, and it's like I, I I've got to go, dude. I mean, yeah. I'm doing good, thanks. And then I've got to keep going. Mm-hmm. So I guess. Like, defining that situation when, like, that's my question to you guys. What is that moment? Is that you're sitting right here at a table? You're at the cafeteria? You're, like, walking up buying something, and they're at the cash register? Like, I think maybe develop that situation a little bit more. Yeah, I would say it's, I mean, it's just kind of being genuine and, like, genuinely caring and being curious about people, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, it... It doesn't necessarily have to be walking to class, you know, for our situation. I feel like for most people that are probably listening to this podcast are not, you know, walking to class and stuff. But it's going to be those restaurant situations or something. Um, I mean, instead of just handing your waitress or waiter, you know, and asking them for what they need, you know, maybe ask them a great question is like, where where are they from? Because that can <laughs> that can start a whole conversation. But just being genuinely curious about people is, I think, the biggest thing. And I think it and tied in with that curiosity is recall. <clears throat> oh yeah. So sure. like remembering like, names is huge. Remembering names and then remembering aspects of people's lives that they tell you. Like that's one of the things that I struggle with the most is sorry, these two are goofballs <laughs> 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 on our uh, sorry, shared sorry. Google Doc. Anyway, anyway. Um but uh yeah, being able to recall, so like remembering that they have a sister or a yeah. mom that's struggling or something like that, showing that you genuinely genuinely care and are willing to uh, recall those events and ask about them is and, huge. And that is the struggle most of the time with like having a conversation is that you have nowhere to start a conversation, you know? And so that conversation in passing where it's like, how you doing? Ah, I'm in a hurry, but hey, man, like, yep, things are good, you know, whatever. 
Or if somebody goes like, well, I'm kind of getting by, you know? Mm-hmm. You already have that, hey, so I asked you how you're doing. You said you're kind of getting by. You good, man? Mm-hmm. And then they'll probably take a deep breath and kind of dance around it. But you already have an end to the conversation then. And you're following up on something that you've had before. If they're not in a hurry and they do say something like, well, mm-hmm. um, mom's doing better than she was before. But, you know, you know, whatever it might be. How was Christmas, break, whatever. It's still not too late to use questions like that. And even if you don't get a lot of information in that particular moment, you still then have ammunition, if you will, for, for for new conversations later on. Yeah. Right. And people notice that and they appreciate that, but then it also makes it way less awkward to have those kinds of conversations. And I mean, that's kind of what friendship is, isn't it? Yeah. Is <laughs> like being involved well, I, in each other's lives a little bit. And I think you guys kind of hit on it a little bit ago, but like in those passing moments, maybe be like, "Hey, I'd love to talk about." about it later like mm-hmm. i'd love to meet up and talk to you yeah. about it later and then continue on but then be intentional in trying to contact them and say hey like sorry i was busy i'd love to answer your question or like talk to you about what's going on yeah and i mean you have to remember too i mean it's not gonna be everyone that you're gonna be able to be best friends with mm-hmm. oh, so yeah. Yeah. i mean being friendly to everyone is different than being friends with everyone absolutely right um so i, th- I think the something that can help with meeting new people though if if you know this person is wanting to meet with newer people i think the remembering names and recollecting events is very important so maybe it goes back to gustav's uh question thing where it's just like you know ask questions that you know are new like what is your favorite thing to do like what's your in your free time like what's your favorite hobby or something because that can be something that you can put with a name just be like oh your name is bob and you do woodworking you know that's not something that everyone does and then don't grill them on it right so you ask a question ask one of those types of questions you know like um what do you hey man what do you like to do for fun or like hey where are you from yeah and then you keep asking follow-up questions about their answer you don't go oh you're from illinois cool what's your favorite color yeah do you have sisters like just like yeah you have to be strategic about it yeah so like that's your you're already gathering information to kind of lean into that conversation so if you do find out oh you're into woodworking well, have you made anything lately? That's an easy follow-up, right? Mm. You got any pictures that I could see? <laughs> yeah. Like, what? True. what's some project you're most proud of? Mm. And all of a sudden, they're talking about all kinds of things, and they mentioned that they learned from their dad or their grandpa. Now you got another conversation starter, right? Yeah. And they say they made something for their niece's birthday. Well, now you got another conversation starter, right? Mm. And so all, like, it's just taking, grabbing out of those deep, this is great, like, first date advice, too, this by is, the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, uh, you grab out, like, grab out details that you can follow up on and ask questions about, right? Absolutely. Yeah, well, I know, and, I know oh, no, Camden's no. got a story, too. Yeah. Um, but, like, that goes into the listening thing. If you ask good questions, then, and, like, it's stuff that people care about, they're going to talk about it a lot. Um, I've been reading uh, Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence mm-hmm. People. That's mm-hmm. a wonderful book if you're, you know, looking at trying to do that but um like it's just asking questions that people like want to talk about and things that they want to talk about well just i mean you can just sit there for hours and let them talk about things that they love too so mm-hmm. guess before we get i'm excited to hear your start but guess i got yeah. a question for you before we <laughs> get there is uh you are very very friendly oh right how do you cross that line from being friendly to then actually being friends? You know what I mean? Because you're yeah. friendly with everybody yeah. all the time, but you're not friends with everybody all the time. This is true. So how do you? Yeah, how do you? Or is it maybe a challenge? But how? Yeah, how do you figure that out? Or how do you cross so, that line? Uh, honestly, that's that's the real tra- that's the real trick, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I was thinking about that. It's like, what do you define as a close relationship? 
in like in response to that it's like yeah being friendly with people and being a just a generally kind person to people around you and wanting wanting to know people it's well that was a weird moment uh it i think that's really the key is like you gotta want to be that person for somebody i guess and so to an extent i'd say like real solution wise when it comes to me like how do i uh make a friendship more you know and make it closer it's just more interaction you know you do like quite frankly living like just living your life if it's somebody that's in your life a lot like you'll notice this like i think i think you could attest to this charlie i mean especially i'm you know i don't mean this as a like a joke or anything but being the oldest guy here like there have been phases of your life where certain people have been like those primary people where you would say those are your super close friends and i mean i we can all say that quite honestly like i'm not just pinning that on you but it's like at that point, it's just you got to recognize that it's not a permanent structure. I guess when mm. it, these relationships that you're wanting, it's not going to be permanent. Yeah, they're necessarily. Fluid. Yeah, especially these friendships. So, yeah, I guess just try and live life. Like if there's something going on and you've already kind of been interacting with one buddy more than once, and you've noticed you guys got a good rapport going on, it's like, yo, dude, I'm going bowling. You want to come? <laughs> or like, let's get more yeah. people together. It's like just do more life stuff with them. And while honestly. we while we did say earlier that um, we don't that, that we should be strategic and and maybe more intentional might be the better yeah, word for that. Better. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, we should be intentional, but also be careful. Like you don't want to chase friends either. Yeah. You know, like mm. the, that's the, probably the last thing you want to do is chase yep. friends because one, you're losing sight of what is actually important in your friendships, right? Like, why do I actually want these friendships? And you start yeah. kind of idealizing these friends too. And two, you're probably not going to be genuine, which is going to make it a big struggle to actually make strong friendships with the people, even if you do get in contact with them, right? Um, and so I think following through on the ones that are kind of more natural. Being friendly with everybody, kind of falling through on the ones that are natural might be the yeah. best way to go with that. Yeah, well, I want but, to hear this friend story that came yeah. in. I just wanted to wrap up my thing real fast. But, yeah, just period. Point is, like, at some point the questions kind of run out. So then it's going to be, what do you have that you can build on with each other? And, like, like just to emphasize that point, it's continue living life with that person yeah. as a friend kind of deal. So yeah, I don't all know. right. Camden okay. has a friend. I haven't story. talked in a while, so yeah, jump in. Yeah. Yeah. Silence creates suspense. I was also <laughs> thinking that picking up on nonverbal cues is yeah. also big too. Mm-hmm. And uh, Katie, my girlfriend, says I do this too, maybe too much. She says I do it when she doesn't want me to, and I don't when she wants me to. So, mm. but Perfect. just picking up on how those people are feeling you can see like just where they're looking how they're carrying their shoulders you can Mm -hmm. tell with that too and this probably is why she doesn't like it as much like i can tell when something is wrong (laughs) (laughs) Nice. and uh got him get to the point of the issue as soon as i can but just trying to see which of those people need help and if you really truly ask the question like you know, hey man, how you doing? They're gonna open up to you as long as you're mm-hmm. acting in that friendly way. But um, on to my story. So back in high school, uh, I had a totally different group of friends than I do have now. Uh, I went to prep, so um, I guess all the guys, <laughs> all the guys sitting around this table probably know what group that is but um <laughs> oh, <boy>. what? <laughs> wow. 
The curtain is open. It's <laughs> <laughs> the opposite of a shout out. It's <laughs> <laughs> a diss, I think. Shout but, out, oh. put down. Okay, I will say this again. We don't actually hate prep. No, we just like to tease all. prep guys. All right, and he's a prep guy, and he said it. Yeah. So the wells would not be the wells <laughs> yeah. without come, prep. Come after me if you want. All right. Uh, anyway, but yeah, no, I I really enjoyed my time in high school. Uh, of course, prep is a dorm school, and you. Everyone says it's basically a sleepover with all your friends, which, especially by the time you get to senior year, they don't really care when you go to bed, so you can do whatever you want with your friends. And it's just, it was just a great time. And I graduated in 2020, and that was the year that COVID hit. So we kind of, I guess I didn't keep as close to the friends that I had, maybe Mm -hmm. just because I was kind of doing my own thing. Right. And also a lot of people didn't like COVID, that COVID happened. But to be honest, I liked it because I went to work right away and was able to make more money. And I didn't mind it because I'm more introverted and For sure. I honestly like to work during the summer. So I didn't keep those close friendships. And then going into freshman year of college, we kind of had all those mask rules and yep. you can't go to each other's dorms and stuff rough. like that. That is really tough. And so I got really close to this guy, my roommate, Cole Vote, And we did, I mean, we did everything together. And Mm -hmm. he's such a great guy. He doesn't go to MLC now. Mm -hmm. He's a... Military, right? Working, well, yeah, he does National Guard, but he, right now, he's also um, uh, working to become a car mechanic. Good for him. So, yeah, he really enjoys that. But, I mean, we did everything together. So he, he was, honestly, during that year, I... He's the only guy that I remember. I mean, I'm going to remember him the rest of my life because mm-hmm. I had lots of fun with him. And so coming out of that year. Was he an assigned roommate or did you pick him as a roommate? Random. So oh, wow. Assigned. Yeah. Yeah. Lucky the draw. So, yeah, we we hit it off right away. And um, so sophomore year, mm-hmm. I he decided to not come back. So I picked uh, one of my other friends whose roommate had left, and that's uh, George. George. We love George. He's a great guy. Yo, he should do UMOC and be George of the campus or something. You know, like Did you see uh, uh, Abraham Lincoln walking around? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm very optimistic about Kincaid. Anyway. Continue. So George and I roomed, and at this point, um, I had started dating Katie. And um, it was an interesting moment when I'm like, well, I don't really know if I have, you know, true friends. Because... Back in high school, I had a time when I was just way down, and it didn't seem like they were there to help me at all. Mm. So I'm like, well, are these guys my true friends? Mm. And so I was just kind of stuck in the middle, like sophomore year, like exactly who were my friends. And, of course, I hung out with uh, Palisma and, like, Aaron Jobs and those guys. And I did. I wasn't, you know, quite sure because – I was just starting to hang out with them. Mm-hmm. But coming into this year, um, I've definitely grown close to them and a bunch of difficult <coughs> difficult talks, which mm-hmm. always grows the friendship. Yeah, for sure. So it's just my story of transitioning from friend groups and trying to mm-hmm. find the friends that really care yeah. about you. And I know some people at the school even are struggling with this as well, just trying to find who your true friends are. Right. And I just want to give encouragement that 
Um, those people, it may be like a difficult time that you're in or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like I was in and I didn't seem to help at all. And it could be that they just don't quite understand what you're going through. So if you uh, fully explain to them something that you might be going through, um, that could really help them and they'll really appreciate that. And if it goes uh, the way that happened to me where, uh, I mean, partly it is my fault. I didn't really explain anything. I was just just like, I'm getting through this by myself (laughs) because I don't feel like anybody understands. Right. So... So how do you lay the groundwork for those kind of relationships? That's the question. Yeah. Because we like we see how valuable those are. How do we get there from just like there's guys around, right? There's always guys around. It's yeah. really easy. You can walk in anybody's dorm room and sit oh, down yeah. and play a video game or whatever, right? So how do you get how do you build those strong relationships so that when crap does hit the fan, you've got somebody to lean on? So I saw I haven't talked to this guy about it <laughs> as far as I remember, but Noah Cook also did mm-hmm. the same thing, but he did it before me. Mm-hmm. So he didn't really like yeah. the friends he had in high school. So he started to hang out with the friends that we are with now. And so I just kind of saw him uh, do it uh, slowly, you know, transitioning friends, yeah. friend yeah. groups and finding those true friends. So that gave me encouragement as well. But it also goes back to what we were talking about and just asking, you know, how are you doing and just learning more about the people and you can tell, I think you can tell, especially on the campus, which people you want to be your friends. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. um, just different groups and just different ways how people approach things. So, I mean, there's I mean, there's nothing wrong to either group at all. It's just different how you approach things and how you hang out and stuff like yeah. that. Especially amongst yeah. the guys, there's definitely, it does not even necessarily clicks. It's just like-minded guys or yeah. guys with similar approaches sure. to life, yeah. like For you sure. said kind of end up grouping together right yeah and i think a lot of times it's like who like just finding that good listener right i mean yeah like when you're going yeah. through that stuff a well, lot, i mean, I mean a, a good friend's gonna be a good listener right no like reflecting back on like my friends in high school it's like quite frankly when life changes a lot of times those people that were you were friends with quite frankly just don't won't understand your situation yeah. now, you know, yeah. so that transition's natural more so than anything. And perhaps it's just because it's that first time in our lives, like that high school to college transition that you really notice it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that, I think that's going to be throughout life. I mean, you know it could I mean? Hap- it's going to happen again, I think, when we get our calls, too. For sure. Yeah. You're going to have yeah, your friends sure. in your congregation. And I really struggled for friends like when, when I was teaching. I really did struggle <clears throat> to have and maintain close relationships with new people. Right, I had two or three guys from college that I was still really tight with, and because the seminary was in town, yeah. then a couple mm-hmm. of them were around. But as far as like new friendships, that I, I don't have any quote unquote new friendships mm-hmm. that I developed while I was there that are really still going strong now. Sure, yeah, and yeah, no, go ahead. Well, I think part of it is too like we live in a a unique situation where a lot of us have a very shared background in what we believe in that kind of stuff, and so to our average listener at home right now, that's sitting there saying like, yeah, that's all fine and good because these people are all Wells people that are all grouped together. There's, you know, a thousand kids all stuck together on the same campus. It's natural that they're going to end up finding friends. But, to you know, Charlie and I both having lived a little bit more outside of the Wells bubble, the difficulty in finding friends comes down to you have to put yourself in places where like-minded people are going to be. So 
for example, you were talking earlier about the group of friends that you wanted to be. You saw those group of friends and you started hanging out with them. Yeah. So for me, like even on campus at MLC, the people that I want to hang out with are the people that are just as, to use Ezra Bloomer's words, just as on fire for the gospel and the ministry as I am. And so like the people that I see in chapel every day, the people that I see actively participating in Bible classes or actively studying the Bible, those are the people I want to be with. So those are the people and the places that I seek to hang out with. And so if you're sitting at home right now wondering what can I do, Facebook groups, there's all sorts of Wells groups on Facebook that you can become a part of, community groups, find the things that you want to be a part of your life, start participating in them, and then naturally you'll start talking to people and begin to develop those more meaningful and deeper friendships. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, that, that is, yeah that's a wonderful point there. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah. Um, I kind of forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> What's the meme? I can go <laughs> Yeah, the memes are getting a little crazy um, at the moment. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, I think uh, if, you're, if you're wanting to make new friends, uh, it is it is a lot of, you know, what are the things that you love to do and find other people that love to do them? And then within those groups, pick out someone who you want to be more like mm. or that you admire because, um, I mean, if that's someone that you want to be more like, then that's someone you can learn from too. Um, and then kind of like Camden mentioned with his story, I think to get to the deeper relationships, you have to get past the small talk. Absolutely. And to be able to do that, I mean, it's something that Camden did uh, just during this podcast. He was just open and, you know, willing to share something. And so I think you have to, you have to take the risk of being willing to be open and share stuff with people. And that's how you can get those deeper relationships. Yeah. And realize that they're going to be fluid. I mean, they're going to change all the time. I was just thinking about, you know, biblical story. Like you have Jesus and his, you know, he had those three disciples that were a circle of disciples. That was only for three years. I mean, they weren't his friends for the other 30 years of his life. Yeah. Like he didn't know who they were. But yet, I mean, I mean, I know he's, he's God and <laughs> he can have wonderful relationships like that in three years. But I mean... It's, I think it's a false expectation to think that you're going to have a best friend for your whole life. Here's a, and, and, and that, so one of the, the disciples that were just in his close circle was the disciple whom he loved, right? And I've thought about this a couple of times. John wrote that he was the disciple that Jesus loved. I wonder if any of the other disciples had written a similar story because the other three Gospels aren't. Wait, no, is Mark? No, it's John No, it's, Mark, it's right? not for me. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, so if, I wonder if any of the other 12 disciples had written the Gospels, if they would also would have said, oh, I was the disciple that Jesus loved, you know? But what that, how that paints into this picture, though, is how do your friends know that you love them? Because that's a big piece of this, too, mm. right? How do your friends know that you love them? You know? Uh, Connor sits next to me in chapel every day, asks me how I'm doing. It's great. And then we sit down at lunch together, mm -hmm. and it's great. Right? Gus shows up at my house and won't go away. I know he's here because he loves me. And uh, well, no, Gus teaches me how to have fun too. I, don't, I have way more fun when I'm around Gus than otherwise, right? So you've got these guys who kind of show up, and they clearly demonstrate that they love you, and they give you opportunities to do the same in return. And these are the and kind of relationships that we're looking things. for. Uh, what? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> You're right. I'm worthless to you. I'm not doing anything for you ever. Oh, I want to make geez. a thing. We're talking about Jesus ministry, and the thing that I always keep in mind too is I don't I don't think I ever shut off my old friends because mm. especially that mm. we're all in the ministry no, together yeah. we all need to be able to work together so I still talk to them from time to time but just more 
talking specifically on those close relationships. Yeah, as I say, there's a difference between friends and acquaintances. Too. You also I think yeah. mixed up. And you don't need like ten super close friends. You need I my, the the I, the number I I used to like to talk about is a like basketball team. Like I need three or four other guys. Yeah. yeah. That I'm tight with. And generally, you don't want all three or four of those guys to be like in your same situation. You know what I mean? Right. So, uh, like, just maintaining four, three, four, five friendships that are close, that you're continually working on them, or building them, or whatever. And the rest can be peripheral friendships. You'll be fine. Mm-hmm. You don't need a hundred friends. You need really close friends. One of the one of the memes that just popped up on the page here is a dude standing standing there. Um, I've got more friends than you. And then underneath it just says quality over quantity, right? Mm-hmm. We all know that kid in middle school that was like, I got more friends than you. It's like, who cares? I've got great friends that I like, right? Good tie-in. So, yeah, <laughs> good tie-in. Yeah, they are completely useless, See, but they're awesome. That's why Charlie came back here, because the kids at his school just kept telling him. That's right. The middle schoolers were bullying me, so I came back here where my people are. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> all right any last words on friendship here before I'll just we say, keep going? i guess we gotta... just to just to answer your question like how do you know if your friends truly love you i mean i, I think if you know that you're not going to need to ask that question because mm-hmm. you're just going to know it and you're going to feel it and they're going to be around to to know that you they're and answering if, that question. on the opposite side if you're asking how do i know my friends love me and you're not sure explore that a little bit yeah right look into that and i'm not saying they don't i'm saying if you it's so once you're mindful of it, it's gonna change your attitude about friends, and you're gonna stop. Like if you are chasing friends, you're gonna stop pretending you're not. And if you do have good friends, and they do demonstrate their love for you, all of a sudden you're gonna appreciate them a whole lot more. Just being mindful of it. All right, good talk about friendship, guys. We spent a lot of time on it, but it's a really important thing. Um, we're gonna jump into the large catechism then today. So um, we're talking about the introduction to the Lord's Prayer. So we're not going into the first article, uh, or no, the first petition. We're talking about the introduction that Luther wrote, and then there's also a similar introduction in the Book of Concord. Um, And so we're not going to read it for you out loud, uh, but what it does essentially is introduce what prayer is and talk about why it's important. And so I think that's probably the best way to start here, is define it and talk about why it's important. So first of all, what is prayer? What qualifies as prayer? What doesn't? I always think it's just, uh, simply put, we always learn catechism that's talking to God, of course. And it's our time to respect and thank him for the gifts that he's given us, pray for um, any help that we need. I mean, the first two words of the Lord, Lord's Prayer says it all, you know, our Father. And we can go to him even if we don't have the earthly father that we that we want or that, you know, how earthly fathers, how God lays out how earthly fathers should be, we still have our heavenly father there that we can go to literally any time. And you can always, you should be thinking about that all the time. You know, anything comes up right before a test or something goes really well, you know, thank you for this food. Um, pray anytime and every yeah, time. Absolutely. So uh, what, but what is prayer? Like when we say we should go pray, what does that mean? Because you hear people say yeah. things like, I don't know how to pray. Um, so what is it? I guess what I always think of is like uh, throwback to cars, I guess, where uh, Mater is talking to McQueen and he says, my best friend. <laughs> um, but, I mean, that's what it is. It, I think it's just like a conversation with your best friend. I mean, it, it doesn't need to be anything super, like, laid out and structured and all that. Like, it's just, it's just a conversation with, you know, your father, your best friend. And so it's just kind of laying everything on the table, talking whatever about whatever you want. Yeah. That's interesting because uh, in preparation for this, I was looking at 
the uh, Book of Concord, and it, it really hammers home that prayer is something that's commanded by God, something that he wants us to do. And one of the things that it references is the second, uh, second commandment and how on the one hand where it says, do not take the Lord's name in vain. Don't use, you know, don't do that. The opposite side of that is like any opportunity that we can heap praise upon God's name or ask him for any type of aid. That's what we should be using God's name for. And so, you know, when you think about what prayer is, it's it's our opportunity to ask God for, you know, for our daily bread, like the Lord's Prayer says, like everything good that comes into our life, we thank Him for. When I when I do my own personal prayers, I use the PRAY acronym, and so I praise, repent, ask, and yield. So those are the things I do. I, I thank Him for the things I have. I repent of the sins I've committed, ask for help throughout whatever my day is going to bring, and then ultimately leaving it up to God to direct my life in the way that he wants it to be directed. Yeah. Actually, the, on that note, uh, with the, if you go to the Gird Up website, click on um, resources, mm. and one of the resources is a PDF with two different um, account prayer guides on it. I think yeah. one of them is Pray, I think, yeah. and then the other one is... Uh, is it Axe? Mm, no. that's I've, heard, I've heard Axe yeah. before, yeah. One of those is on there, and then the other one is Ask... Or no, it's thanks, ask, thank, ask, and intercede is the other one. And then there's like a graphic organizer to go with it and everything too. Sure. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So if you need a resource like that to get started, you can find those on the Grid Up website or just Google them. There's plenty of them to start there too. Yeah. Um, how do you? So Nathan, you talked about um, just talking to God like he's your best friend, right? Um, what do you think of? And this isn't. I'm not coming at you. I'm asking a question. I want to hear your thoughts on it. Uh, what do you think of like the Daddy God prayers or the wow. uh, you know? Obviously, we're not like Sky Daddy's whole different issue, right? <sighs> um, but what do you want to address that familiarity? Do you know what he's talking about when he says those things? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just making sure. Um, I mean, it. I mean, we're all adults here, so are you gonna are you gonna talk to your best friend like they're a child, or <laughs> you know? I think it's a maturity thing. Is all. Like, yes, God's your father, but he's someone that you respect too, not someone that you're going to, you know, I mean, I know children respect their parents when they're talking at that age, but I mean, it's, it's someone that you're in awe of and that you respect. So I guess that's where the difference is. Yeah. And I feel like there's a, there's, I don't know what it is, but there's got to be some sort of theological underpinning that's making you behave that way. And I don't, like I said, I'm not sure exactly what it is, but I think you hit the nail on the head. I couldn't, I, that, I, I don't think there's any more conversation needs to be had. Would you talk to your own father that way? Yeah. So hopefully not as a 20, well, you guys are 21, 22, right? Uh, or a 20 or a 30 year old. <laughs> I'm not talking to, I'm not calling my, if I walked in the house and said, hi, daddy. He'd give me a he'd give me a weird look at at mm -hmm. least right. At yeah. least, I mean, why would I talk it, to my heavenly father like that, that way? There's no like their mm -hmm. brains are their their father in heaven, their God. Like mm -hmm. I mean, I see no problem with that if it's a kid, but I think what we're talking about is we're talking about adults talking like that, yeah. and that's a whole different situation. Yeah. No, you hit it right on the head. Yeah. It's the it's the intention behind the exactly. word, you, yeah. you know, the verbiage that you're using. Are you saying it to be cute and funny and to kind of poke fun at Christianity? You know, in general, are you saying that because in your maturity or in your lack of maturity, you're misguided in the word that you use? So like a younger kid might say this, something like Here's that. Here's a question. <clears throat> Is our fatherlessness issue in the United States? Because both with true fatherlessness and with just absent fathers, 
even if they're still in the home. Do you think that plays any role in this weirdness about like how we address our heavenly Father? I would definitely think so. I mean, you don't learn how to respect a you don't learn how to respect a fatherly figure unless you have a father. I feel like. Well, and I guess maybe that's not who true commands all the time. such respect though, or someone in your life who commands such respect, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like when you don't have that figure, because that's, I mean, that's the role of parents on earth in the first place is to be God's representative to their children. Right. And so when you don't have that, when you don't have the, when you don't have a father portraying that role, like you're already off on the wrong foot. Yeah. You're already off on the wrong foot. And that's not to say you can't find that. Right. There are a lot of what, Charlie? No, I was just, I feel bad about interrupting. I've interrupted a bunch of times. That's what that face was. Okay. (laughs) Sorry for interrupting. No, (laughs) you're good. No, I was just going to say, it's like, there are a lot of strong moms out there that can teach their kids that same kind of respect. It's just, there's a difference. There is a difference. But there's also repercussions then and and consequences for not having that kind of a father figure in your life. And Camden, you brought this up, right? This idea of we we do have a dad. We know what a dad is like. And he's not always the ideal father. Like, no father is perfect except for a heavenly father. And uh, I don't remember. I think it's Gordon Dalby in Healing the Masculine Soul. I think it's super evangelical, but there's some great stuff in there. So I'm not suggesting you read it. But if you do, read it with a... Like not just a grain of salt, like an entire handful of salt. Um, but anyway, the uh, bring out the whole sick. <laughs> yeah, just like yeah, just <laughs> sprinkle it on the book. Yeah. Um, so, but anyway, he talks about the idea that uh, when we think about, especially in this day and age, especially when it's somebody who has experienced fatherlessness or a father holds nothing but negative ideas, right? Mm-hmm. Like when I think about a father, all I think of is negative things. If you're in that situation, yeah. take all that the earthly father you're thinking of isn't. Everything he isn't, your heavenly father is, right? And, and we we can't paint the limits of our earthly fathers onto our heavenly father because God isn't a picture of my father. My father is an imperfect picture of my heavenly father. Mm-hmm. Like my earthly father is an imperfect picture of him. And it does not work the other way around. Right. Yeah, and the point that I was going to just make to that, it's more of the role of being a father, not necessarily per the individual, I yeah. guess. Maybe that's a clarification that to ought be the, to be made. It doesn't because have it's to like, be the guy who fertilized the egg and created you. It could be some other guy who is a father figure for right, you. Right, right. And I was saying even to the extent of, like, look, to express that imperfection, right? It's not that all fathers are supposed to be perfect because they're not going to be. But the no, role that's part of, of being a father, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, but the role itself is supposed to be portraying of the heavenly father right so mm-hmm. there's going to be flaws when it comes to the individual not the role though if that makes sense does that sound like a yeah, yeah. Okay. absolutely and i think that ties in really well with our next question here which is why is it important because what we're talking about right now is relationship mm-hmm. is really what we're talking about right so why is it so important to have this conversational relationship with our heavenly father besides connor brought it up that it's commanded and that's true. We should do it because it's commanded. But God wouldn't command us to do it unless it served some very important purpose. Well, on the flip side of it being commanded, there's also the fact that we get to do it. Mm-hmm. It's it's something that is very, very unique, I feel like, to Christianity that we get to approach, you know, the creator of everything in such, not necessarily in a casual way, but in such an intimate way that allows us to have that relationship. And what that does for us is it gives us assurance and it gives us a hope for the next day that despite whatever this world, the devil, our own sinful flesh might throw at us, like we have that rock solid foundation on which we can stand on. 
Camden, you looked like you had something to say a minute ago. Yeah, I did when you were talking about it. But uh, okay, <laughs> um, a lot of I feel like a lot of people, because you hear, uh, especially United States, there's so many broken families just because of sin, the, sin in this world, and it's going to happen, of course. And so many kids don't have the the father figure in their life, and that can have such a, a big impact because God created the family to have both a mother and a father, and that's for the reason of um, bringing up children together in the perfect harmony that God created. And so when that doesn't happen, uh, it's very difficult for that uh, child or person to feel comfortable, I would say, mm-hmm. in approaching uh different matters and they may not know how to do that and i kind of stated before that you should go to god whenever and uh you know whenever you can and he is nobody can really explain it and he's the perfect father for us no he's not gonna be there to help you ride your bike for the first time or to I guess for me to shoot your first deer or something like that, but your heavenly father is for there for you spiritually. And that's right. the most important part. Well, and what Luther said in the, in the large catechism is we are much too weak to cope by ourselves with the devil, his might and the forces that have lined up against us. They could easily trample us underfoot. Therefore we must be alert and grasp the weapons with which Christians should be armed in order to withstand the devil. And that is prayer, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's not just a, like, like you said, it's not just a, hey, this is something I check off the list every day. Mm-hmm. And it's not just a, hey, God wants to hear, my daddy God wants to hear from me or whatever it is. It is, arm. It, 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 what we're doing is we're calling on the name of the one who exists outside of nature and the one thing that can stand up against these things. Uh, things that we struggle with. Like, we, we can't overcome sin. We can't overcome temptation. We can't overcome the forces of evil. But there is one who can. And he allows me to call on his name. Mm-hmm. And that is a powerful thing. Yeah. Well, and something that I was just thinking about, too, it's like, what's God going to do when you pray to him? He's going to answer you. He's going to listen to you. And he's going to do it perfectly, right? So he's going to hear every word that you say to him. And he's going to answer it in the way that he knows you need. Which, I mean, you can't compare that to anything else in this world, right? And I, I mean, go go for it. Yeah, I mean, he, he even knows what you don't say yeah. and what's going yeah. on. I mean, you know, you can ask the question, why why would you pray? I mean, you could also ask the question, why wouldn't you pray? Like, there's so many benefits to it, and God wants to have a relationship with you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I see... I don't see why. Yeah, that's actually a good point too. Like if you if if you really understand who this God is and what he is and what he's done for you and the relationship that he has with you, why wouldn't you want to talk exactly. to him? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, something that I think we often just glaze over is when Luther says like all the time we need to like we should do so because we fear and love God, right? And yeah. like like just the expression fearing and loving God, you know. I mean, it just it's that position of respect and authority but then also that intimate relationship that you were talking about initially when we, when we started on this you know that close friendship of somebody that understands you you know I think and knows you understanding yourself too mm-hmm. because the better i understand myself the more earnest i'm going to be seeking help and the better questions you can ask yeah yeah i was gonna say i mean 
you're talking to someone who knows more about you than you do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he knows this the only your time head. you're yeah. talking about someone like, who knows more about you than you do. Isn't there a poem or something? Or what am I thinking of? It's like he knows the dark recesses of our soul, right? A, you know, it's like, I think that's awesome. what is that? Is that a psalm? Yeah. Sure sounds like a psalm, isn't it? Say yeah. it confidently yeah. and we'll all believe you. Yeah. 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 Somebody will correct us. And if it's wrong, they'll say, oh, it's, it's just an alternate translation. Yeah, it's a new living Bible. But I think in a world that is constantly trying to uh, take control of their lives, like prayer is the best place to start because if there's anybody that's going to have any control over your life, it's going to be your father in heaven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would say even like we, we all know through faith that prayer works, but even even if prayer didn't work, there's still scientific facts that show that praying and meditation is helpful for your, I mean, your mental health. And like, so, I mean, even for that sense, like, I it's just almost like we've been designed like, for this exactly. by <laughs> an intelligent and all powerful designer. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Sorry to cut this up off abruptly, but we're running up against the clock here. So any last words on uh, prayer here before we keep going? Why wouldn't you do it? <laughs> Why wouldn't you do it? Amen. Well said. All right, so we got Bible trivia sitting before us today. You take three questions and maybe a bonus. I don't know why I keep saying maybe a bonus. We're going to do four questions either way, but we're going to call it a bonus question. All right, a couple from the New Testament, a couple from the Old Testament. Here we go. First question. This should be an easy one, especially for Connor over here. What Roman emperor expelled all the Jews out of Rome in the days of the early church? What Roman emperor expelled all the Jews from Rome in the early church? When you say expelled, do you mean like... like kicked them out of Rome. All Christians right. got kicked out of Rome. Like just kicked out or like, like persecuted heavily and like murdered out. and stuff? They were causing so many problems that he kicked them out. I know why you think I, think I should know this one, but go ahead. I think Gus and I were thinking the same thing are until we? he said, like, kicked out. Because the one it. that were, like, go for Emperor it. Nero, right? Yeah, that's, that's what, what you were thinking. thinking. Before thinking that, good question. So this is actually why um, Priscilla and Aquila were not in Rome. So they're from Rome, and they meet up with Paul. Come on, come right? on. Oh, kind of because thinking, they've been thinking. kicked out of Rome by... Emperor Claudius. Ah. Emperor Claudius. Yeah, I'm sorry, yep. Professor Frederick. <laughs> As if he knows how to look this up. He would be a great guest listening. on the podcast. Oh, I would though. love to hear his he voice awesome. on these professor mics. Professor Nass does listen, oh, and his, so does his, Professor. His voice on that mic. Um, look out. Fantastic. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, but I know Professor Nass listens every once in a while, so hi, Professor Nass. Hello, professor why Nass. are you waving, bro? Uh, I don't know why I'm waving. He's not here. Yeah. And then, um, oh, shoot. Oh, shoot. What's his name? He's got like five sons, and they're all tall and blonde and handsome. And he teaches the one at school right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he keeps talking to us. Yeah. Oh, come on. He knows who we're talking about. Yeah. He's gonna know we're oh talking about. Oh my goodness, him. this is terrible. Uh, I should have started this conversation. Uh, or a C. Oh, Karlowski. Car- thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, thank Got you. it, there Professor it Carlo. Oh, we're uh, we're not gonna live this down. We're not gonna live this down. Anyway, the Karlowskis also listen. So shout out to the Karlowskis. I pulled into Quick Trip the other day and saw a car with a gird up sticker on the back of it, and I got all excited. And then a bunch of Karlowski boys came. Okay, question <laughs> number two. Question number two. All right. Oh, that one's too hard. Here's a slightly easier one. You want to hear what it was? Dude, just Who was it. the priest of Bethel during the time of Amos? Wow, Dude, that is a hard easy. one. Oh, my. I'm kidding. Uh, uh, first letter? <laughs> 
I'll give you a clue. He was amazing. It, it, uh, Amaziah. Yeah, that doesn't oh, yes. count. Okay, here we go. Oh, my. Who that was, was, that was my guess, actually. Who was, this is an easier one. This should be an easier one. Who was the high priest during the time of Zechariah? Zechariah with a Z E. Zechariah. I need to read my Bible more. He was named after his grandpa. Aaron. Good guess. No. Does it begin with an M? No. Okay. <laughs> Yo, all the Israelites were descendants of Moses. <laughs> that was it. was a solid on, guess. Though. Well, even okay. if that was a high Joshua. guess, that wouldn't guess. make Joshua sense. Joshua is correct. Yeah. Oh. All right. Joshua. Okay. Huh, oh for two. Goodness gracious. Oh yeah. This over is a good two. set you got going on here. All right. In the book of Philemon, who is Paul's fellow prisoner? This should be an easy one. I gotta stop saying it. I'm making you guys look bad. We are in the book of Philemon. Who is Paul's fellow prisoner? (laughs) It doesn't start with O. (laughs) Um, It's not Timothy, is it? No, Silas. No, Uh, Epaphras. Epaphras? Epaphras. Okay. This is why we aren't pastors yet. Who watched Moses float down the the Nile River in a basket? Oh, I know this one. I do know this one. I just watched Prince of Egypt, I guess. We also just translated it in Hebrew. (laughs) Very true. Very true. But uh, Prince of Egypt came first. (laughs) Okay. What's the answer, though? His sister. Hey, you guys got one right. There good. It is. Um, here's oh, there's actually this is a good one, and we haven't come up with any uh, that are from the apocrypha yet either. Yeah. All right, Ooh. one more question. And I would say this is a bonus, but let's be real. It's just one of the real questions now. Um, uh, here we go. Oh, where did it go? Oh, oh. Concerning which disciple did the rumor spread that he would not die? The the disciple wouldn't die. John. John. Yeah. Yep. That's three. We got three. Yay. <laughs> three for four is passing. I should know. John was old. Man. No, you got the first two wrong. You got both I got the first Joshua. Two wrong. Yeah, after I give you a bunch of clues and he guessed wrong. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, great, 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 great. All right, whatever. You guys don't get a prize. Also, why would you go straight to Moses if you were thinking I was guessing wrong with Moses? You There's said, does it start name. with an M? Who yeah. are you thinking of? I was thinking like Melchizedek or something like that. Oh, well, we don't know anything about him, okay, really. Right, but that's an actual yeah. priest. Although that it was a priest. He Moses was a priest. Wasn't. You're right. <laughs> you were, well, Moses was a Levite, though. So he could have been right. a priest. Sure. Yep. Okay. Yeah. He. I mean, he wasn't, but he could have been. Anyway, here we go. Top three ways to make winter not so long and miserable. You can tell I wrote this question because uh, that's why. I don't like, I mean, I don't mind winter. I just, yeah, okay, anyway, I'm miserable right now. So, <laughs> I actually, I actually thought about this because um, it's cold outside mm-hmm. and no one wants to be outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you need to find hobbies that you can do, I think. So, I don't know, Googling, you can literally just Google, like, what are some hobbies I can do? Mm. Um, some, some different things that I've kind of played around with is uh, learning card tricks and stuff. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Um, because I mean that's something that you can do, you know, it's a it's a good icebreaker to start a conversation with someone new, honestly, um, or learning how to play chess or different board games. Hmm. Um, 
And I mean, doing that too. Board games are huge to for like getting people together too. Yeah, we actually so. we've been. That's actually I didn't even think about that, but we've been getting the homies over here to play like poker, and we're talking about yeah. doing it with uh, oh, dominoes yeah. too. And even that, like, we're terrible at poker, and you lose a couple bucks and whatever. It's more about getting together than is it about the poker. Yeah, yeah. another another big thing to get people together, um, and something you can do on your own too is like cooking or baking. Mm. Like, there's mm. lots of things you can do with that, and. It doesn't have to be expensive either, and you can you can make stuff for pretty cheap and make it last a while too. So, those are just some of my thoughts. Well, now that he took all of them, all right. <laughs> well, <laughs> Cam, there aren't any other good so answers. A lot of times during the winter, we just get ourselves into a, tre- a routine and just you know day after day, week after week, we do the same thing. And it's my encouragement would be try to do something different, go to different places. It's New Ulm is not the biggest town, but there's a lot of things that you can do in New Ulm. There you go. That's the way to go. And Says the guy from Redwood Falls. Yeah. <laughs> it's way, way smaller than New Ulm. But there's, I mean, even stuff outside. You said that many people don't like outside. But, I mean, if you do, there's skiing, both kinds, you know, downhill and cross Dude, this uh, is prime country. snowport weather right now. Mm-hmm. Like, snowport, snowball fight, sledding. Yeah. I mean, you got... Go make a snow fort with the neighbor's kids. Yeah. Yeah. Well, your neighbor's, like, yeah. driveway or something, too. Yeah. I and mean, that takes half an hour. And, and that was one of mine is, like, just brave it and get out there and yeah. go do yeah. something. Yeah. You know, like, we were talking earlier about how last week there was just ice everywhere. Like, that's not a that's not an ideal situation. That's probably not wise. But, like, now if the weather's warmed up. They've pretty much taken care of the ice or at least put gravel down where they can. Go out and brave it and go, you know, go, yeah. r- go borrow somebody's snowshoes and go for a walk in the woods or... You know, whatever it might be. And mm-hmm. even if you do get cold, you got warm drinks at home to get you warm again. Yes, sure. sir. So. Yeah. I have uh, three, and I'm going to shoot them really fast here. <clears throat> the first one is, uh, I think, because of who we are and how God designed us, like, our brains pick up on things more than, like, we realize. And so if one of the things that I do is because second floor in Concord can, or in Summit can sometimes smell like feet, I have a uh, Glade plug-in thing in my room, and so I'll put in the Hawaiian Breeze one because it reminds me of summer, and just that olfactory sense reminding me of what summer is like, I think that kind of helps a little bit. That was like a $10 word right there, Thank you. olfactory. Thank you. I just came up with that. Do you guys make like music playlists too? Because I have a summer one, one, and I've been playing that in the car, and that really helps too. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, I'm big on candles. Yeah, candles big is another on candles. big one. Yep. Yeah, got one going right now. Yeah, yeah, well, that's yep. for slightly different reasons. <laughs> <laughs> also, because of feet. Um, I was going to say, I can't smell this one. I like, think also, uh, like, what I'm doing right now is I'm planning two summer vacations. Um, and so I think, like, just that idea yeah, of looking huge. ahead that's is, huge. like, mm-hmm. planning ahead, and that gets you in that mindset of, like, what summer is mm-hmm. going to be like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what was my third one? Oh, no. Uh, Gus, go ahead. It was something. Uh, I mean, you got books, right? Uh, do we already say that? Did Pals want to take that one? No, no. Okay, nope. well, you gotta get into get a book. Unless it's a new hobby, you know. <laughs> Dang it! Well, that was a, yep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, reading is a new. Well, I Jeez, guess it could be a new hobby. Yeah. Gus is now learning how to read <laughs> <laughs> in English this time. <laughs> no, uh, <clears throat> yeah, get into a book that you haven't read before or something like that. Um, I'm a big advocate for movies and shows. The mm. only risk with that is, especially with series, is you end up wasting a lot of time on it. So mm-hmm. figuring out how to watch things in chunks and or only allot yourself one episode of something that you're watching, yeah. that kind of thing. Or on the flip side, choosing a show where there's only like two seasons um, and, and like recognizing and intentionally yeah. choosing one of those shows. Yeah. Then you have a limit, right? Yeah. 
I think I think that's that's the that's the trick right there because it's like honestly the best way to do it would be get into a new show that is only releasing like episodes once a week or something like that you know and I mean people that are uh, uh, not people but um, streamers that are good for that I'd say is like Apple TV does a good job at that so does HBO Netflix they just dump it all right away (laughs) which is fine right but you know then I watched all of Wednesday in one night. So it's like, here we are. Yeah, I watched four seasons of Yellowstone <laughs> in approximately 10 days. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's healthy. It was a little, I, it was definitely not healthy, like mentally. Yo, they both just from, out... go ahead. Oh, both from the standpoint of like, it's not good to sit in front of the TV for that long. But then also just the immorality of it. Mm-hmm. it there's not that much, comparatively, actually, there's not that much sex in it. But as far as like the fighting and the language and yeah. like mm-hmm. the, they live in such a, a dark world, if you will. There's just there is no there is no Jesus, and that makes a big difference. Um, but as long as you don't do that, you should... yeah. yeah. I was gonna say with movies or TV shows, I think it's just trying to get something out of it and ask the question: How can I use this and apply it to my ministry and to my life? Yeah. You know what I've been watching the last couple of or like, yeah this week basically is have you guys ever read anything by James Harriet? He's a British doctor or a British veterinarian from before. I guess is it would have been around like the 30s to the 50s, and then when he retired, he wrote books about his life. And the books are awesome, but they they're doing a masterpiece theater like series based on the books, and it might be some of the best and most wholesome television I've ever watched. Oh, that's really like nice. it's really well put together. It's really nice. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say third option, you could cryogenically freeze yourself and then melt in the summer. There you well, go. if you cryogenically freeze yourself, you might even melt in the winter. What? Yeah, I forgot what cryogenic meant, and that's now a, I just okay. feel dumb. That's, <laughs> no, so that, that's when people freeze. Anyway, that's, that's when people freeze their bodies and hope to it. thaw <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah, like Ted Williams. And, you, yeah, said, yeah, you said yeah. a world of darkness that reminded me, um, similar to the to the olfactory senses being used, um, putting installing a light or lights inside your house or room that um, mimic sunlight I think is very healthy and good for your brain as well. Like it'll, it'll that one's going you, as we yep, speak yep, yep. here, yeah. Yeah, or so remodeling your house different. and putting, well, winter might not be the best time to put yeah, windows in your house. <laughs> 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 this is a really dark house anyway. Yeah, this yeah, is a dark house. But, yeah. yeah, lights are huge. Yeah, I don't know if the science is real on this, but vitamin D seems to help too. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people talk about it. I take it in the winter and it seems to help. Otherwise, I eat a lot of mushrooms. Like the, the the not the psychedelic ones, just the, yeah. well that might help too actually. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not trying it. I'm not saying you should. There's just, probably nutritional value there. Yeah, there probably is. Yeah, no, never mind. I mean, no, not enough know. to make up for the psychedelicness, but <laughs> just with the winter, I mean, I think it's just trying something new. You know, mm. whether it's oh, surfing. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, there's a guy in Michigan. I mean, sure. just whatever Surf. it is, yeah. you know, I uh, just be willing to try something new and i mean even if this you know this could transfer into our next point too but like just trying to open your bible more and trying to dig more into that too well i was gonna get off your stinking phone yeah Yeah. right it's it's really easy to sit inside and just get uh, just stuck on your phone right those instagram reels you send me all the time (laughs) hey you can tell when i delete it off my phone can't you because all of a sudden it'll be like five days and you won't get anything and then one day it'll just be like 150 (laughs) of them i'm sorry about that i gotta catch up having the bible app is kind of a handy thing to do the dwell app is phenomenal the prayer 
uh, in the YouVersion app, that prayer section. I've never is tried one before. before. Really? Amazing. There I you go. It. How good is the app? Is the app good? Yeah, I like it. It has all the different translations. Um, the Dwell app isn't free, and this is not a paid promotion either, uh, but it's it's not super expensive. It's like eight bucks a month or whatever. Um, and I love the dwell app, especially on plasma days. I usually don't have time in the morning um, to read my Bible before I leave, so I throw that on in the car. And because we're in New Ulm, which is the middle of nowhere, um, we end up. I end up driving for like an hour and a half to get up <laughs> up there and back. But then that's an hour and a half where I'm just listening to the dwell app as some guy mm-hmm. with an accent is reading the Bible to me. Which is awesome. Yeah, I love that. I mean, there's even the Wells app does daily devotions. Yeah, then you got too. Time of Grace, and I mean, yeah, the Uversion app has Time of Grace. And even does it? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's great. Cool. Yeah. That's well, and you even get to this point, right? Like you got podcasts, and yeah, that's I mean, we're going to read some too. scripture to hear. Yeah, yeah. And a now. lot of churches do um, their sermons, and I know that we're a little bit dorky about sermons because we're future pastors. Um, but a lot of churches will do. Uh, we'll put their sermons up, and if you can find a preacher who you really enjoy, especially if it's somebody from within your your synod um, or your church body, and just weekly. I mean, that's an, that's depending on who the preacher is. It's a half an hour to an hour of uh, just good biblical content there too. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so, awesome. All go. right, well, let's jump into it then. Since we're talking about church anyway, this is Epiphany Five. So coming up this week, uh, you may or may not hear a reading from Matthew 8, verses 23 to 27. Jesus calms the storm. Then he got into the boat, and his disciples followed him. That's Jesus we're talking about here. Suddenly a ferocious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. He replied, You of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and he rebuked the wind and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Well, I mean, thank goodness this is in the early parts of Matthew, right? I mean, you think about it, like, if they had any concept of what Jesus, who Jesus was, like, why would you be afraid? If he's on your boat, you know that's not when he's going to die. Yeah, yeah, that's mm. a good point. Right? <laughs> like... And again, like that's us as New Testament we believers. Know, we even on, that. even in the upper room, they still didn't really understand what was going on. Right. Yeah, I think this is a a great section. I mean, it's a very common section of scripture that a lot of people have heard over and over again. But I don't think the message changes within it. And I'm going to shamelessly plug myself here for a minute. Uh, February third, I'm going to be preaching on a very similar text to this hey, at well. MLC's chapel. Um, talking about the present troubles are nothing compared to the upcoming glories that are going to be following us. And I think that can apply here, that uh, here are the disciples looking at the world strictly in the sense that their immediate problems are the most important things to them in that moment. And Jesus is just chilling. <laughs> like he's, he's not worried about it because he knows that no matter what, like his mission is going to be fulfilled. And I think the disciples still don't realize who they have in that boat with him, with them. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think it's. I think it's really easy for us to like call it to the disciples and be like, "You guys are terrible people and terrible followers of Jesus," because like you just doubt it all the time. But I mean, how often do we not do that? We go through all the storms of our own lives and different yeah. troubles and problems that we have, um, and we just get worried about some waves that are getting whacked around, and we forget about. You know the God's that the God that is with us all the time. Yeah, I love Jesus' complete lack of urgency after they even after they wake him up. Like obviously he's sleeping first, which is the ultimate 
I mean, that's the ultimate statement of trust, really, in his Heavenly Father. Um, but then, even after they wake him up, he doesn't calm the storm and then go to his disciples and say, Hey, you guys don't believe very much. The storm is still raging, and he looks at him and he goes, Oh, you of little faith. And the storm is still raging and raging and raging. And then, after he rebukes them, then he goes and he rebukes the wind and the waves, right? Yeah. To demonstrate that he has power over them. Um, and just complete lack of urgency. He just couldn't be bothered by the storm. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're in complete control, what is there for need of urgency? Right. Yeah. So it's really a question of how much do I trust my Heavenly Father? And, and how much does this put to, put to bed any argument that Jesus is not God himself? I mean, I mean, he says right there in verse 27, what kind of man is this that even the winds and waves obey him? I mean, if you ever wondered whether or not Jesus was God, here the disciples are seeing plain and clear, like, if nature itself is obeying him, then it truly proves that him and the Father, or that Jesus and the Father are one. It just shows that it's in his own time as well. Reminds me, in uh, John's Gospel, we're translating the wedding at Cana, mm-hmm. and Jesus tells his mother, it's like, in my own time, I I got this, I know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So, like, in any trouble that you have, and we'll go back, I'll go back to the friends thing, you're worried about... Um, your friends and a test that's coming up and other extracurriculars that you have or um, job applications or, you know, coworkers aren't being nice to you. Um, Classic. Anything. <laughs> God has it in his hands and it's in his own time and you just need to pray about it, of course. Yeah. I think it can also be tied into our section on prayer as well. Yeah. I mean, even though it looks like the boat's about to sink, Jesus still says, what are you afraid of? I've got yeah. you. Well, and that's a big plus on the disciples' side, too. Is who do they go to? And Straight they clearly have confidence that he can save them, right? And they do call on his name, but they're freaking out about it. Yeah. And I think that's what the rebuke is, not that they're asking him for help or to call him the storm. Because even as like fishermen trying to sail across the sea, it makes sense for them to be like, Jesus, we just want to get over there. Like, even if they weren't afraid of the wind and the waves, like, can you calm things down a little bit so we can get right, where we're trying right, to go? Right. right. right? Um, what he rebukes them for is believing they're going to drown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it begs the question, too, like, what do you do when life gets hard and it doesn't look as, you know, it's not smooth sailing? And are, are you going to look to yourself for the answers or are you going to realize that you don't have control over the things that are happening to you? And are you going to pray and ask and talk to the person who does have control over those things? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's scary stuff, man. I mean, the world's scared of death, like quite, like quite literally, you know, I mean, if there's nothing that, you know, is watching over you, it's, it's a, that's just a pit to fall in. You know, I, the other weekend I watched a couple two different movies and both of them like unknowingly going into them ended up being about humanity's fear of death and Mm -hmm. like oh we don't know if there's an afterlife and it's like well we do (laughs) we know what it is we 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 get to live in eternity with god right and uh yeah i mean the fact that anybody would well i don't know where i'm going with that anymore i kind of lost my train of thought but yeah yeah i mean it's not easy to have peace like jesus did through the storm but mm-hmm. when you know your future, I mean, Jesus knows everything and knows the future and knows what's going to happen um, and uses this for the disciples' benefit. Um, but when we're going through struggles, it, it can't always seem like, you know, there's light at the end of the tunnel. You know, there might be clouds all around us that can't we can't see anything else besides um, the problems. But 
knowing that you're going to get through the storm and that there's going to be land on the other side of it. And that land is a place flowing with milk and honey. And it's a, a place where you can live eternally. I mean, you, you can have ultimate confidence and ultimate peace knowing that that's yeah. where you're going to end up. If this guy is mm-hmm. what he says he is, yeah, yeah nothing to be afraid of. Mm-hmm. The thing that I started to do uh, probably about like six months ago too is at the end of my prayers, I'd say, you know, your will be done. Because most of the time, I think we pray for earthly things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I mentioned before, bless this food, help this test to go well, things like that. And it's, even if you may not uh, believe it right away, but I just encourage people to say, you know, your will be done mm-hmm. in everything, Lord. Absolutely. So, yeah. Absolutely. All right. Yeah. Awesome. Well, gentlemen, thanks for being on the show. Um, thank you. Special thanks to yeah. Canada and Nathan for being here. Uh, Gus and uh, Connor, thank you as always. God's blessing, guys. Uh, don't forget, we're going to put a bunch of links down below, specifically Righteous Glass, and uh, we'll also put a link to the PDS for the prayers. And then, if, um, oh, go ahead. If you have questions, make sure to contact us. We'd love to talk about them on the show next week. Yep. And if you're willing to help fund this podcast, we certainly would welcome that as well. All those details are in the outro or down in the com or in the description below. That's all, folks. Uh, so, gentlemen, go be the man God created you to be, and we'll see you next time. On behalf of all those involved in producing, recording, editing, and distributing this episode, thank you for listening to the Gird Up Podcast. If you'd like to contact us with comments, questions, or suggestions, you can reach out to us at any of the links in the description below or on our website. Please consider supporting the work of Gird Up Ministries by donating on Patreon, shopping at our online store, or making a $5 cup of coffee donation at www.girdupministries.com. Those donations help us make more great content just like this for young men just like you. Make sure you like, friend, follow, and subscribe to Gird Up and all of our guests on your social media platforms and consider leaving a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to the Gird Up podcast so that others can find us and be blessed by our content too. As always, thanks for listening. Now go and be the man that God created you to be. We'll see you next time.